Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM's Breakfast Show with Mon and Christopher filling in for Lyle as Lyle is away this week and he is very sorry about that because he loves our Encounter with God topic. But before we do our Encounter with God topic, I want to tell you two things. Oh, do tell. Okay, so first of all, we just had a wonderful uh, interview with Josh Gonzalez, Pastor Josh Gonzalez. Um, you know, he's a pastor there in Sydney, actually. He's a local pastor. And uh, about his... Um, his gang, his gang past, you know, he was involved in rap music and, uh, you know, and almost lost his life in gang violence and so forth. And uh, it's a very fascinating uh, interview. And the story is much bigger than we can, you know, we can share on in that 15 minute segment. So for those of you who have been contacting us and saying they wanted to know more and, you know, what a blessing it was to hear that. We are actually going to put up on our Facebook a link to an interview that I did with Josh a while ago. It's, a, it's an extended version. Ah, nice. And, uh, and it's a video, so, you know, that'll be there for you to enjoy. Just jump on our Facebook, Faith FM um, Australia. Faith FM Australia is the name. And uh, it'll be on, um, hopefully by the end of the show, we'll get that up there. So you can actually watch that. Uh, it's a video. It's a great video. Um, and the story is much more in-depth and, and goes into way more detail. And it just it really just shows the power of God, how much He loves you and how much He wants to help change you um, to the person that you want to be. And the second thing I want to tell you is the second clue to our okay, quiz. Okay, good, because I want to know if I have this number <laughs> right or not. Okay, okay, give it to me. So this is a what number am I quiz. Uh, I'll give you the first clue again because it was a while ago that I gave it. Uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000, he had people sit down in groups of this size. Okay. Oh, what is it? Okay. And the second clue is the number of men who went to look for Elijah after he was taken to heaven. Uh, so I'm <laughs> again, again. I think I know, but I can't say with certainty. Do you know? I would have been quite stumped because I didn't even know that there was a specific number of men who went to look for Elijah. Yeah, the 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 guys from the school of the prophets. I I know like every other detail. I just ah the number. Okay, well <laughs> we'll find th- out. If you think you know the number, give our number a call. Our number is one eight hundred Faith FM. That's one 843 Or you can text us on our other number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. And uh, you can win today the Melissa Otto album called The Journey Home. It's a beautiful album. We play quite a bit of Melissa Otto on our station because our list. Listeners love it. You can also even just message us on our Facebook, Faith of M Australia, like I said before, and uh, and you can um, win the prize that way. So give us a call. Let us know what is our number for today. Now, Christopher. Oh, yes. Let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Book of Revelation, right? Oh, good book. Would read. Would read. Would read again. Would read again, yes. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Um, so we're going to be delving into Revelation and Daniel, actually. But why is Revelation so important to read? I mean, it is, you know, famously confusing, yep. infamously scary. It has a lot of imagery that is uh, both frightening and and confronting and confusing why would you why would you be reading that well i think it's important for us to read the book of revelation for several reasons i think one of them is it tells us about the past the present and the future so it really gives us almost a, a complete timeline of earth's history uh, but the main focus of it is that it's going to give us the conclusion of earth's history it gives us a bit of you know, the prior, a mm. uh, bit of past history, but really its emphasis is all on building up 
to the end of Earth's history. And so it kind of lets us know what's up, what's going to happen, what we can expect next. And in so doing, gives us assurance uh, of the validity of the Bible as God's word. Uh, But I think as well, it tells us a lot about the character of God and specifically of Jesus. Um, Most people might refer to it as the revelation of John because he's the one who received the vision. But the actual title of the book is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. This belongs to Jesus. Um, So really, the whole Bible, I mean is always pointing to Jesus. And here, as we're, again, ramping up to the end of uh, Earth's history, we see again, Jesus is the main focus. He's the central character uh, in this story. So really, in reading Revelation, we get to learn a lot about the character of Jesus and what he's doing for us. So even though the book is actually written by John, the book is a revelation, a revealing of Jesus Jesus Christ's character, which is a revelation that we should all be interested in because it is Jesus who we need to be in love with, who we need to uh, follow mm. um, exactly. in order to survive these end-time events. Now, there's a big word there. It's like an E word. How do you pronounce it? Oh, that would be the word eschatology. What does that even mean? Eschatology is a fancy word for end-time events or what... Uh, Events that happen towards the end of Earth's history. So it's opposite of what we would call protology, which is the beginning of Earth's history. Ah, so Genesis is protology. Yes. And and Revelation is... Eschatology. Eschatology. Yeah. I keep wanting to say eschatology because I'm German. <laughs> and I can see an S-C-H in there. <laughs> it is a weird word. It, it, come, it comes from the Greek eschaton, so I can't blame you for wanting to pronounce a, a Greek word in a very English way. It's a funny looking word. Now, is it possible to actually study Revelation without the use of the Old Testament? See, what's interesting about the Bible as a whole is that when we come to it, we don't need to interpret it. And you might be thinking, Christopher, why isn't that the whole point? You know, there's all these images Mm. and symbols. How, How else am I supposed to do it? Well, yes, there is. But the thing is, the Bible interprets itself. If we allow the Bible to interpret itself, we will get the message which it is trying to convey. If we come with our own agenda and our own um, way of interpreting, we're going to, you know, read into the text what we want to see. But God clearly had something he wanted to impart to humanity when he revealed this uh, to the prophets who wrote this down. And so, therefore, we want to be looking for what God wanted us to get from the text. And so, in order to do that, um, we're told, I think in Isaiah, I forget the exact reference, but to analyze the Bible line upon line, to compare Scripture with Scripture. And we find that a lot of the Old Testament uh, symbols and images are reused here in Revelation. So, when we look at Revelation, we go, Ah, now, where have I... Where have I heard of that before? Where did I see that? We go, oh, right, I saw that in the Old Testament. Okay, what did that represent in the Old Testament? Aha, it represented people, nations, tribes, tongues. Okay, so we're talking about people here. All right, awesome. So now I can use that uh, in Revelation. So uh, in particular, you'll find that another uh, book very much focused on prophecy, which is just uh, predictions of the future, is the book of Daniel. Uh, And the book of Daniel has lots of symbols that, Uh, are reused again in Revelation. So, God doesn't uh, just give us a book full of complex and cryptic codes and goes like, all right, have fun interpreting this. He goes, (laughs) no, I'm going to give you essentially like a legend or a key um, of how to interpret uh, all of these 
uh, symbols. Yeah, because actually the, the whole New Testament is littered with, I guess you could call them echoes from the Old Testament. Something because um, the people who wrote the New Testament, they were constantly referring back to events uh, or quoting directly or indirectly um, the Old Testament. And also, you know, when Jesus was talking and he was referring to himself or his ministry, he uh, he was often talking about the scriptures and how they needed to be fulfilled. Yes. In order yeah. to you know know what those scriptures were and how they were to be fulfilled, you'd have to check the Old Testament to see what he was referencing. So we're going to have a little look um, just, at, I guess, at the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel, uh, just like from the outside at the moment before we dive into it uh, in this coming week, because we are doing a wonderful study. Our Encountering God at the moment is a wonderful Bible study that is being done by 20 million people worldwide at the same time. Um, the same section every day. Did you know that? Yes, and uh, pretty exciting that we get to jump on board along with those other 20 million people. Very exciting. Yeah, it is it's, it's wonderful. So, if And if you would like to follow along, you don't just have to catch us on the radio with this. You can actually get a copy of the study guides um, and you can follow along with us. You just need to go to Better Books and Food. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So if you head down to your local Better Books and Food store, you can get a copy of the study guide. They're like $3.50 or something. Pretty cheap. And, uh, and you can actually do your own study and be ahead of us. Every and uh, what was the name of this study that we're looking at? It is called Preparation for the End Time. Oh, nice. Which, you know, it does sound a little bit scary. But when you look at the, at the book of Revelation as a whole, you'll find it's really not that scary because, you know, what is the point really of eschatology, right? Yeah, well, the point of eschatology is that uh, at the end of it, basically the, the motto of the book of Revelation, I would say, is God wins. Exactly. Uh, it, it's all leading to this big climax of the history in which sin is defeated and God has the final victory. So, uh, like, there are difficult things in there. Like, there are mm. some scary things in there. But the whole idea is that there's this hope that at the very end, it's God who wins. And so, yeah, as you read through the book of Revelation and as we go and study through it together, I just reckon that's a good thing to have in mind. We're always moving towards this point where God wins. He has the final victory. Yeah, I mean, there's some stories like stories in Daniel, uh, which were localized historical incidences. Um, but they do, you know, they reflect to somewhat the end time events depicted in, in Revelation. And by studying these stories in the Bible, in Revelation, in Daniel, we can get you know glimpses and insights into some of the things that that God's people, that we will face, you know, on an even broader scale um, in the end times. And uh, and you know, even though that can be scary, and uh, it, you know, our immediate situation here, you know, even though it could be perilous, um, filled with peril. The important point is, regardless of our immediate situation here, we are assured of ultimate delivery. Yeah. And uh, and whatever else Revelation teaches, it assures the faithful of their victory. Mm. I mean, just think of Jesus. He says, you know, don't worry about tomorrow. Uh, a lot of people will read the eschatological books and they'll get really panicked and really worried. But Jesus says, look, don't worry about What's going to happen tomorrow? Focus on today. Is everything okay today? I mean, it's bright and sunny outside. Uh, you know, I got nothing to complain about. It's a good day today. Focus on today and leave your worries with God because, yeah, he wins. <laughs> That's all we have to remember. Let's turn to Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 21, actually. I just want to 
point out that Jesus even promises this, which is a, you know a wonderful way to 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 understand and to um to keep that close in our hearts. So it was that Revelation chapter three and verse twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, awesome. Would you like me to read that out? Go ahead. It says those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Amen. Now. There are actually two basic parts of of, uh, of Daniel and Revelation because both Daniel and Revelation they're very similar. People might be wondering why we keep mentioning them together mm. together in the same sentence, but they are they have they're common and they have two basic divisions. They have yes. the E word eschatology, eschatology, and they're also historical. Yes, and they have and both these concepts they're actually like linked quite intricately in each book, and uh, and we can view the historical events as as precursors or examples, um, even on a smaller scale of grand and global events that are happening in the last days. So that is by studying what happened in the Old Testament history, we can have insight into what will happen in the New Testament and in our days and beyond. And it's funny because you know, have you heard that saying? Um, the only thing we have to fear f- from history is that we forget it or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that we, 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 won't, we won't learn from it, yeah. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is is because we never seem to learn from history. We were talking <laughs> no. about this last week with uh, Pastor Matt Parra and he was saying, you know, the one thing we can learn from history is that man never learns from history. Yep. Um, so another way, like, regardless of, of when they live, people keep making the same mistakes, which is, you know, the definition of insanity. <laughs> um, but with so much history behind us to learn from, you know, how can we avoid, you know, keeping making those mistakes? And I would suggest that reading Daniel Revelation is definitely one of them. Mm. Um, and we are going to actually have a look at, you know, at this uh, this linking between historical and eschological um Writing, so we're going to check out First Corinthians chapter ten. Uh, it's quite a long uh, read here, so it's verses one to eleven, and we'll have a look in these verses. How do we see the principle um, of historical and escal? Eschato- Man, I can't say this. <laughs> eschatology. It is Monday and eschatological. T- <laughs> it's a bad day for a mon- A bad word for a Monday. <laughs> okay, First Corinthians ten verses one to eleven. Okay, so starting off in verse one, it says, "I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters," which already is interesting. Mm-hmm. Don't forget. Don't Remember forget. history uh-huh. <laughs> about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food, and all of them drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them, and that rock was Christ. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happened as a warning to us, so that we do not crave evil things as they did, or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking, and they indulged in pagan revelry, and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. Nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did, and then died from snake bites. And don't grumble as some of them did, and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live 
at the end of the age. Mm, isn't That's that, fascinating. Yeah, it's very fascinating. Do you want to maybe go through a few of the specific examples that they have there? So we have, for example, the the rock mm-hmm. that the water came from, we're told, was Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that's like a pointing forward to Jesus who says later on in John chapter 4, chapter, chapter 4, to the woman at the well, he says, I am the living water. Mm-hmm. And whoever uh, drinks the water I give will never be thirsty again. Um, and then you have the idea of these people uh, worshipping idols and uh, engaging in sexual immorality and God judges them because he's like, well, what are you guys doing? Please don't. <laughs> I thought I made it pretty clear when I said don't do these things. Um, and of course, you have the story of uh, the snakes which come into the camp and start uh biting all of the people and God instructs Moses put a bronze serpent up on a pole and if people look up at that bronze serpent they'll be saved Uh, and now later on uh, Jesus says in John chapter 3 to Nicodemus he says just as that serpent was raised up on the pole so will the son of man referring to himself so will I be raised up so the serpent on the pole was uh, a kind of echo oh sorry it was pointing forward to Jesus being raised up on the cross who would save people from death so that's a very interesting mm. chapter looking at all the echoes that you see in the New Testament that have come from the Old Testament they kind of come full circle if you will yeah and it's you know it's so important that you know he tells us don't forget these he says specifically this was these were signs um there were examples for us and they were written down to warn us mm. us who live at the end age which is which is now and we're yeah. living in it now so this was for us um so it's incredible you know how how humanity it just fails at remembering history and yet we have all this written here we have it in the bible and we're told specifically not to forget it and to learn from it and to um not make the same mistakes um and to be saved which is you know a huge part of of Jesus' character is that he wants us to be saved. He doesn't want us to be lost. He tells us over and over again how important it is not to forget what he's done. Mm. And uh, we're going to take a song break, but we're going to come back and we're going to actually look at images of Jesus uh, in Revelation and see more of his character, Um, this beautiful God who wants us to be saved, who wants us to be safe in the end times and has made a way to do that simply in reading and studying our Bibles. He's blotting 
I love that song. That is actually from one of my all-time favorite albums, um, Pillars of Our Faith. It's a beautiful album. It's a compilation album, so it's many different different artists singing all different kinds of songs. And, uh, well, well, all the songs are based on <clears throat> what Christians believe. Mm. So all based on our beliefs. And it's just 
Oh, the most beautiful album. Every time I listen to it, I can barely help but cry. <clears throat> Getting a little emotional right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a beautiful, beautiful song, beautiful album, Pillars of Our Faith. And I have another clue for you. Oh, okay, I really hope I get it by this clue. <laughs> okay, well, let's, let's it's, go. It's proving to be a little bit harder than I thought, actually. Um, but it will get easier. Okay, so what number am I... This is our third clue. The number of days between the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of the Weeks. Say that again. The number of days between the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of Weeks. That just makes it harder. Know, like, hang on, that's like probably the hardest clue yet. Oh, do we have another clue? I have I have a bit of a, a bit of a, a a horrible clue. A horrible clue, as in like ho- it's way too hard or way too easy. No, as in it's it's a, it's a nasty oh, one. Oh, that. Mm, well, I don't. I, I, I like positively. Okay, different do you know what? Right Actually, I have another one. Okay, I have a good one. Okay. Okay. This is going to make it really easy. You ready? Okay, hang on. I, I just want to quickly write down what I think it is. Uh-huh. That way I can feel validated if I'm right. And if I'm not, then pride comes before a fall. Okay. <laughs> here we go. I have my answer have ready. Down. Okay, here is our fourth clue. It is the same number as the number of chapters in the book of Genesis. Oh, uh, that's like 40-something. Let me see what you wrote down. Oh, no. No, you're, you're wrong. <laughs> ah, darn it. Oh, well. You're wrong. I have one more clue to give you, uh, but I'll give it to you in the, uh, in the, next, in the next segment. <laughs> okay, so we have been walking around the outside of Revelation, much like when you're window shopping, walking around the outside of the shop, but we are now about to go in and make some purchases. Ooh, all right, mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm keen. Okay, so we just discovered that Revelation is all about the revealing, the revelation of Jesus Christ, of Jesus' character. And we are now going to spend just a few minutes, if you will, checking out some images of Jesus, as it were. So we're going to read a selection of texts, five Bible texts, all found in Revelation, um, each containing a various name and or description of Jesus, as well as what he has done is doing or will do and we're going to have a look at what these texts teach us about jesus so let's jump into it revelation chapter one and verse five awesome that one says and from jesus christ he is the faithful witness to these things the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world Wow. Ooh. What does that tell us about Jesus? Well, I really like that idea. He is the first to rise from the dead because that means that that has big implications for us. Because I, I like to think of it like this, all right? Uh, I just imagine you've got two circles. Mm-hmm. One of them is called the kingdom of God. One of them is called kingdom of sin. And originally we were over here in the kingdom of God without sin, but then, bonk, we all get chucked over here into the other circle, the kingdom mm-hmm. of sin. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jesus who's perfect and lives a perfect life and he's born into our world of sin and he dies there, but then he's resurrected and born again. And because he was born again, the first to rise from the dead, like it says here, he now makes a way for us to get back to that other circle. We can now follow Jesus through there. Uh, It's kind of like... If you're born in Australia, you're an Australian citizen. You're born in Fiji, you're a Fijian citizen. If you're born in sin, you're a citizen of sin. So he's like a pioneer, like a trailblazer of hope, of of getting back to the kingdom of hope. That's that's a great way of putting it. So what it takes is to 
die here or die in a spiritual sense, die to our sin and be born again. This time we're going to be born as citizens of God's kingdom. That's where our citizenship will be. And not only that, but our next verse even uh, puts more on top of that. So let's have a look at that one. Our next verse is Revelation 1 verse 18. So a little bit further down. Uh, That one says, I am the living one. I died... But look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. So not only did he make a way, but he now holds the keys of death, which basically means he has the power, right? He has yeah. the power of it. If you hold the keys, you're the one who's in control. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Jesus holds the keys. He is the one in control over death and the grave. So we actually have nothing to fear of death or being in the grave because Jesus yeah. is a key holder. Um, he's made the way. Uh, I'm loving this, these, these glimpses of Jesus, these images of Jesus. We're going to flick over a few pages. Revelation 5 verse 8. We're rocketing quite quickly because we don't have too much time. Ooh, Revelation 5 verse 8. And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. An interesting way to describe Jesus. Yes, he is the lamb. And you read later on that this lamb has been wounded uh, in verse 6. It looked as if it had been slaughtered, but now it was standing among the elders in heaven. And so... uh, It's funny, there's a problem. No one can open the scroll. And then Jesus, this lamb, comes and he says, I can open the scroll. Um, Yeah. So we're going to read more about, uh, about, we'll learn more about the lamb of, that is Jesus later, and the imagery about the sacrifice, about how he he was a sacrifice that paid for our sins. Let's quickly jump to Revelation 19, verses 11 to 15. Ooh, that one says, Then I saw heaven opened, and a white horse was standing there. Its rider was named Faithful and True, for he judges fairly and wages a righteous war. His eyes were like the flames of fire, and on his head were many crowns. A name was written on him that no one understood except himself. He wore a robe dripped in blood, and his title was the Word of God. The armies of heaven, dressed in the finest of pure white linen, followed him on white horses. From his mouth came a sharp sword to strike down the nations. He will rule with an iron rod. He will release the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty, like juice flowing from a wine press. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of incredible imagery in that one. Um, you know, faithful and true, he judges fairly, he wages a righteous war. His eyes like flames of fire, wearing many crowns, mm. a name written on him that no one understood apart from himself, robe dipped in blood. There's so much happening in this. Yeah, um, there's a lot. We're going to have to unpack that later as well. But let's keep bouncing around this book of Revelation, getting these images of Jesus. Let's bounce along to Revelation 21 and verse 6. That one says, He also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. Ah, which we talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And there we have it. There are some images of Jesus. They are incredible and amazing. Mm. They are hope-giving and they definitely require a bit of unpacking. And all this week, we're going to unpack further the book of Revelation and the imagery used um, to describe Jesus and uh what did you get out of that last one? Last one, I think what's awesome is, basically, Jesus is saying here is that he is eternal. And I think um, it makes sense that earlier on he said, you know, I hold the keys to death. Mm. If that, 
He has many different roles. He's like holding the keys to death. And then and then he's also like, he's the second coming. So he's coming, you know, yeah. he's the Alpha and the Omega. At the beginning, he has many different roles and different hats. Exactly. And so I, I think to myself, if there's one person who I can be assured of is able to grant me uh, eternal life, it'd be the guy who has literally been existing forever, for all of eternity. Um th- it's interesting. He says he is the beginning and the end, but when you think of eternity, uh, eternity basically means has no beginning nor end. So we can't even express in words the amazing power that God has. Well, we're going to continue looking at Revelation throughout the week, but for now we're going to look at a song Crossway took it all away.
welcome back to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 and 88 FM. And we are up to the section of our show where you, dear listener, can participate. You can call us up and ask us the question of the day. 1-800-FAITH-FM is 1-800-324-843. Today's question actually links back to what we did in our encounter with God, Christopher. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So we were talking um, about Jesus being the Lamb of God because we read a Bible verse there where, you know, it says Jesus... Um, you know, was the lamb, and the question is, um, if Jesus, like, why, why would Jesus be a lamb? Isn't mm-hmm. Jesus like all powerful and almighty, and you know, yeah. the God of all the universe, and yet here he is, you know, choosing to depict himself as a as a weak little lamb. I mean, even sure, I could yeah. like knock off a lamb, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I want to watch that fight, Monica versus a lamb. Um, well, like it's interesting. Um, a lamb is one of the ways uh, Jesus describes himself, but he's also described uh, with a lot of other different metaphors. For example, he's described as the lion of Judah. So lions are quite big and ferocious. Um, God is also sometimes described as like a mother hen protecting uh, his people, like, you know, a hen covers uh, mm-hmm. eggs or their, their, their chicks with um, their wings. And so there's a lot of different uh, metaphors used, and each one kind of expresses a different, I suppose, facet or different characteristic of God's uh, nature. And the one about the lamb uh, reflects the sacrificial uh role that Jesus played. Um, If you go to Genesis chapter 3, you read that Adam and Eve were provided uh, a skin of an animal by God to uh, kind of cover up their sins. And then you go to Exodus and God says, all right, we're going to do this thing called the sanctuary. And it's going to be a place where you can get rid of your sins. But the penalty for sin has to be paid. And the penalty, as you read in Romans 6.23, is death. And so, again, a lamb would have to die in order for you to be forgiven of your sin, in order for justice to be upheld. Mm -hmm. And so then we come to John chapter 3, and uh, not John chapter 3, John chapter 1, sorry. John chapter 1, and we see something incredibly interesting. This is John the Baptist, and he's getting ready. He's baptizing every day, and then he sees Jesus. And listen to what he says. Mon, do you want to read for us verse 29? John chapter 1, 29. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Yeah. Hmm. So the idea of Jesus being a lamb is that just like the lamb that was sacrificed back in the sanctuary and back in Genesis, Jesus is like that lamb. He takes away people's sins. And we read in Hebrews that the blood of like uh, lambs can't really cover our sins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, only the blood of Jesus can. Instead, they did that to show their faith in the Lamb of God to come. And so God accepted that uh, as a way of expressing their faith. But yeah, the idea is that Jesus, as our Lamb, takes our sins, which means that we no longer have to pay the penalty of death, but can be reunited with God. So the price was a lamb, and here is Jesus saying, I'll be the price, I'll pay for it. Exactly. And this is also reiterating our point that we made earlier, that you need to study the Old Testament to understand the New Testament. So to mm. understand why Jesus calls himself a lamb, you have to go back and look at the, the Old Testament. Well, thank you for asking that question, and thank you for answering it, uh, Christopher and 
I have uh, actually someone who's called in and answered the quiz, <gasps> but for the delayed broadcast, and they did indeed get it right. So Joshua Taylor, uh, thank you so much for calling in and giving us the answer of Jonathan for our last quiz that was on uh, Friday afternoon. You got that right, and we will send you the prize for that. If you want to jump over to our live show, you can do that at any time, faithfn.com.au or through the TuneIn app. Here is a song from Marion Blythe Peppers.
Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to 87.6. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Also in the Lord And He shall give thee the desires of thine heart Commit thy way unto the Lord Trust also in Him And He Welcome back to Faith FM for real this time. <laughs> Have a bit of stuff up there. It is Monday. Give us a break. <laughs> okay, so we are at the end of our show. This is my favorite part of the show. Not because it's the end, but because we give free stuff away. Hey, I love always, giving stuff away. It's always fun. Good way to end off a, a Monday, you know? Yeah, and just another quick shout out to Josiah for getting the, uh, the, the quiz right for our delayed broadcast quiz. Nice, which nice. Is uh, Friday's um, uh, show that gets broadcast today, uh, he won himself a CD as well. And uh, today, our free giveaway, whip out your phone now and take down the number, 1-800-FAITH-FM. And if you're the first person to call through, we will give you a copy of End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times, a book by Mark Finley. I thought this would be quite, Ooh, nice. quite on point today, yep, yep. considering that we're studying the Revelation and Revelation is all about the E word... <laughs> Eschatology. Which is? End time events. End time events. And so this book is all about end time living. And uh, I thought, do you know what? This would be a great tie-in. That's great. Great tie-in. So, yes, consequences have, uh, sorry, choices have eternal consequences. Um, You know, we don't want to be living in the past. We want to be focusing on the future, but remembering the history um, in the Bible 
And uh, and so this uh, this book by by uh, Mark Finley helps us understand Bible prophecies, find faith and hope, explore the power of prayer, gain release from past hurts. That's a big one. Mm. Learn to trust God even in a crisis. Also a big one. Survive Armageddon. Know that God is bigger and greater than your problems. Remember that God created you and redeemed you, and believe that Jesus is coming again. Well, we hope that you believe that firmly, like we do. We thank you so much for tuning in. It has been Mon and Chris signing off and hoping that you have a wonderful, blessed and grateful Monday. Stay tuned for some more great programming. This is Anna Weatherall. God sent his son. They called him Jesus. He came to love.
But here is my predicament That you're not my 